0: Everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless podcast. My name is Nick. Today we have a really special episode because we are on a mission to explore the ocean.
1: Now, I've seen a lemon shark give birth, which is remarkable. I've been in the water with massive great hammerheads and tiger sharks and great whites and Watching them move in their eyes and making eye contact with an animal that big, I mean, it blows you away. It's just unbelievable. As much knowledge as we have, we're still in an age of discovery, With, and particularly in the ocean. It's really tragic, and um, we're in a time now that you know our actions and the things that have been done over time are really starting to catch up with us.
0: Well, how many towels do you think someone should own?
2: No, No less than two, but no more than five. Listen, I, I was I was a state champ three years in a row, thank you very much.
0: How'd that work out in the long run?
2: Uh, Lots of tears and tissue, I can tell you that.
0: Because if you say it once, then you got to say it the second time, and nobody just sneezes one time, waits three hours, and then sneezes again. So you got to hear this all the time, like, bless you, bless you, bless you, leave me alone. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you've listened to this podcast for more than, let's say, one episode, you know that something that we have always talked about is the ocean and how much we wanted to talk to a marine biologist about it. Today, that's actually going to happen. And we're not just talking to any marine biologist. We're talking to somebody that specializes in sharks, shark education, and shark conservation. This is Jillian Morris Brake who is not only a marine biologist like I just mentioned, but she also founded this awesome organization called Sharks for Kids. Why sharks?
1: I grew up going to the ocean a lot as a kid. I was lucky. I didn't live right on the beach or anything, but my parents took me a lot. And um, I grew up in Maine. And my dad used to go to Florida every year for work, and I, we would go. And I got to see my first shark when I was snorkeling when I was 8 or 9. Um, and it was a nurse shark. And at that point, I was just excited about everything in the ocean. Um I got to see manatees and dolphins and fish, and um I'd you know crawl through tide pools and find crabs and lobster and little snails and I was just so excited about the ocean and Then I saw this shark, and you know it was amazing, it was little, and uh it was just incredible and so then I you know you as a kid, you go and you grab books and you start reading about more stuff and just thought it was interesting and um learned as much as I could. And that kind of just kept growing and intensifying as I got older. And I think I told my parents I wanted to be a marine biologist by the time I was five. And they probably thought it was a phase. And and it just, I never grew out of it. Um, and the more I learned about sharks as I got older and started to spend time with them and work with them, um, my experiences were very different than what I was being told and what I was seeing on the Internet or television. And, and so I just decided that. I wanted to learn more for myself and then I also wanted to figure out a way to share that with other people because my experience and the people I was working with, our experiences were very different than this kind of monster man eater mentality that was out there. So then it was just became sort of the mission of, of how to share my my shark story with others, so that they could see a bit more of the reality of sharks versus, um, you know, what might be portrayed on the media and movies and even on the news.
0: When you see them. What are they like? You talk about the reality of them.
1: So I think a lot of times people see a great white with its mouth wide open and teeth. And, and yes, sharks can be very large animals, but you know there's also sharks that would fit in the palm of your hand. And um, I think there's just an idea from the general public that you think of tiger sharks or bull sharks or hammerheads or great whites. And you know there's over 500 different species of shark. Um, so I think people, we just fixate on one or two and think that everything that applies to them applies to all species of shark. And I mean, the reality is, is, um, you know, we can spend time with them. They are wild animals. They deserve our respect. I'm not going to ride a shark. I'm not going to hug a shark. I think they're amazing. I've built my adult life around them. But I also respect that they are a wild animal. And I never forget that. And that's how we're able to have these moments. And, you know, I've seen a lemon shark give birth, which is remarkable. and been in the water with massive great hammerheads and tiger sharks and great whites and Watching them move in their eyes and making eye contact with an animal that big, I mean, it blows you away. It's just unbelievable. And, and every time we dive with them, it's, it's different. You learn something. Like, I just am completely in awe of them, but it's always about respect. When
0: you dive with them, do they acknowledge you? Do they kind of ignore you? I mean, how do they treat humans in the water?
1: It depends on the situation and the species. So here in the Bahamas, most of the sites that we dive in are feeding sites. So the sharks have learned, um, they're extremely intelligent. Sharks have been taught to push buttons, open boxes, swim through mazes. They target train them at aquariums to feed. So they actually have a, an incredible capacity to learn. And so in a lot of the sites here, it's a, it's a feeding site. So it's like they've conditioned, they know if they show up and they swim in a certain direction to a certain point, they're going to get fed. Um, so I, it seems when you watch them, the sharks understand what is happening. And, uh, and you'll watch. They, they have personalities. And you know, when I say that people are like, what? No, they don't. They do. Um, you'll see some you know, will come in and they're very bold and they'll come in quick. Others, it takes them a little bit. Or you know, one shark may always approach from the left and then go up. or um, you know, So they do have different personalities. When we're in the water with them in those situations, we're pretty aware of what it, the dive is going to look like because it's been done so many times um but then you know for out in other areas where maybe the sharks haven't encountered a lot of people they might be curious and cruise up but usually they're going to just um swim away because we're another big predator in the water and you know people don't think of that but like We're also a large animal in the water, and most of the times, I mean, the sharks are really not interested in us at all.
0: Is that just because of our size or just because we're unfamiliar?
1: I think, you know, it's one of those things, like, if you're splashing around— a shark hears it, they're going to come check it out because it's a novel thing. And it's just like if somebody ran in your house and started screaming and shouting, you're going to go see what's going on. And uh, it's kind of like, okay, wait, this is new and strange. Like, what is it? Um, But there isn't this immediate kind of attack mode that they go into, you know, they look, they smell, they observe. And so um, they can see us when we're, you know, especially when we're diving, they can see us, they know we're not a food item. We don't, nothing in us is, is telling them, that we are a food item um and so yeah it's just i think um curiosity probably in situations where it's not a feeding site it's just you're out snorkeling on a reef and one cruises by um curiosity but then um because of our size you know sharks most of the time they want the easy meal and a big animal that's swimming strong and moving fast is not an easy meal
0: why why wouldn't we be a food source to them i mean we kind of would be an easy meal wouldn't we
1: um, well, you think about it. sharks been around for about 450 million years and humans have not been around for very much of that. So, um, we weren't in the ocean and there, there really is not a consistent food source. Um, they have food and they have food that is their regular diet. We're not part of that. Um, so, you know, when we don't smell like, you know, I always say this to kids, but it's kind of a great thing for anyone is just because you can smell a bucket of dead rotting fish, doesn't mean you're going to go eat it. Um, So like, you know, versus a basket of fresh baked chocolate chip cookies, right? That smells like food to us. Now we can smell them both, but there's just certain things that smell like food to us. Um, It's the same thing with you know they have specific diets. Um, sharks don't eat everything; um, they they have favorite foods just like we do. Um, and some have very specific diets. Some, you know, tiger sharks are a bit more diverse. They're more scavengers, and you know, called the garbage cans of the sea because they end up finding a lot of different things in their stomachs. Or um, you see a, a much wider range of items that they'll they'll eat. Um, but most sharks have a fairly specific diet. Um, it's not just this mindless eating, whatever. And that's all they do.
0: I always think that kids have like the best way of looking at the world. You do a lot of work with children. What, what, what's like the most interesting question that kids always ask you?
1: They're amazing and and I love working with them just because they're creative and they think of things that you, you know, in our adult lives, we, we have so we focus on our work and we've done this this way for so long and that's how we're going to do it. And yeah, kids are just so open minded and probably one of the most common I do get asked if I've ever been bitten um, because and that just shows us like the mentality of sharks, like when a five year old asks me that. Like, where did they get that from? Why? Why would they assume that? And so it just it shows how much work we do have to do to change the way people see these animals. Um, so I get that one a lot. I've never been bitten. I've never had one try and bite me. So um, I do, you know, quite happily like talking about that and showing kids how close I get and how much time I spend with really big sharks.
0: What, in your opinion, is the coolest species of shark?
1: I love great hammerheads. Um, I've gotten to, I mean, I don't know if they're the coolest, but for me... I've just spent a lot of time with them. I I think, um, you know, they have more of the sensory receptors on their head than any other species. Um, Even with those wide-set eyes, people think they don't have very good vision, but they have a near 360-degree field of view. Um, They're like a giant underwater metal detector. They scan the bottom for stingrays. I mean, just it's... If you look, like, evolution-wise, like, they're just an amazing animal, and they've developed all these adaptations to survive. Sadly, they're an endangered species, so, you know, sharing our stories and studying them is, you know... What has to be done to hope that they don't become extinct? You know, lantern sharks have glow-in-the-dark bellies. The Greenland shark can live for over 400 years. There, are, I mean, there's some fascinating sharks that people haven't heard of that can do some really cool stuff.
0: Do, they, do you think that they stand out even amongst other ocean animals? There, There's something about them that seems to, to really kind of capture our fascination.
1: Yeah, I mean, sharks in general, whether someone's terrified or fascinated, they know about sharks. Like, they have an opinion. Like, if you ask somebody how they feel about corals or turtles, I mean, I guess turtles, like most people like turtles, but sharks, there's so many strong opinions about sharks. Um, And, you know, specifically, you think of, like, hammerheads. If, If people know one shark, that's a species they can identify. And I think it's just... You know, it's human nature, like people like to be afraid. They like, you know, but then also the unknown and, and sharks fall into a lot of that. Like we're still learning about them. The ocean is this vast place that, um, you know, we still know very little about and, you know, open ocean and deep water. And so it kind of feeds into our, our natural feelings about survival long before facebook or the internet or anything and i think it's just to see an animal that moves like that and shapes like that and survives and yeah it's even if there is some sense of fear there's also intrigue like people are interested and they might be afraid but they want to know more and i'm not sure that there are many other species land or ocean that kind of generate that response from people
0: yeah they seem like kind of nature's ultimate evolutionary pinnacle in some ways like that's that's yeah. how you would build that you know
1: yeah I mean it's just if you think about you know over 500 different species that range in size from you know six inches to 50 feet and are found in all the world's oceans and have this incredible list of adaptations that vary so much from shark to shark um, and they are like they're built to be the perfect animal for their particular you know, habitat in the ocean and their ecosystem. And yeah, there's something really remarkable about that. I just think the diversity among them, like it's, people say, oh, it's a shark. It's a shark. No, it's, that. yeah, they're a shark, but there's so many differences. Uh, I think that's what really kind of fascinates people. I know it fascinates me.
0: In terms of your experiences with them and with any ocean animal as well, what is an experience like the one thing when you've been going diving that really stands out to you? Like this was the coolest thing. This was amazing to see.
1: Um, well, watching a lemon shark give birth is, it's probably one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Uh, they give live birth. So each little shark comes out and has an umbilical cord. It has to break off, leaves them with kind of a little shark belly button. Um, and seeing uh, this female gave birth to 10 pups and just watching them come out and, kind of be flopping around a little bit and then all of a sudden it's like somebody flips a switch and they're a shark they're immediately scanning the bottom they're heading towards the mangroves to find refuge and they're on their own parents um, no matter what type of shark there is no parental care so um to see that animal start its life um any animal really but to Seeing the shark it's so rare that being able to have seen that and film that, um, is, is one of the coolest things I've I've ever seen or been part of.
0: Is that unique amongst ocean life for them to just kind of basically hit the ground running like that, or does a lot of ocean life kind of fit that similar vein?
1: It's well, you know, sharks are fish, but they they don't spawn. They don't lay, um, like just spawn like fish do with external fertilization. Uh, so it is. I mean, it's to give live birth for fish. Obviously, it's very much like a mammalian characteristic Um, so that's why people are always I think kind of like whoa Um, other sharks do lay egg cases which is you know slightly more in the direction of other fish but still not um, you know or the female can carry the egg cases inside of her but um, I think as far as unless you're looking at mammals in the ocean um, you know live birth but the fact that mo- – I mean obviously when mammals give birth to live young, there's there's maternal care um, and you just don't see that. I mean these sharks come out. They can hunt. They can hide. They're just mini copies of mom and dad.
0: Wait. So how do sharks reproduce? Do they – do the males have like the equipment and they do it yeah. like that or they –
1: Yep. Yep. So males have claspers, um, which are—it's an extension on their pelvic fins. So imagine kind of where your pelvis, your hips are. Um, so yeah, they'll actually flip the female over, um, copulate, and then that's it. Male's gone, dad's gone. Um, and then depending on the type of shark, it's quite a range of a few months up to three and a half years of gestation period. Um, and then it's either live birth, like the lemon sharks, with an umbilical cord, or an egg case that's laid out. Inside the female, or an egg case inside the female, the babies hatch out and then they're born alive. Um, so those are kind of the three main ways that, that sharks give birth. But it's all internal fertilization. Wow. Yeah.
0: So this this is this is what podcast we don't go very blue or anything, but essentially a shark has a penis.
1: Yes, exactly. Yep, they actually have two. They have so two? one on each fin. Yep, one on each fin. They only is one, um, but they do have one on each fin, so um, they're, they're symmetrical. And uh, yeah, they have one on each of their pelvic fins. Same with the rays. So if you can see the underneath of a shark or a ray, it's like if somebody listening goes to an aquarium and then the shark or a ray or your snorkeling swims up over you, if you see these kind of finger-like extensions on the co- on the um, fins, it's a male. If they don't have that, it's a female.
0: I think this kind of segues into something about the ocean that for me at least and maybe other people is we kind of know about things but we don't really know about things does that make sense like we don't really understand it that much do you get that from a lot of people
1: yeah, I think it, well, I just, I mean, l- look at, like, we have access to so much information now, more than ever, and it's instant, but there's still, I mean, scientists are discovering new species of shark every day, Uh, not every day, sorry, every year, but we're learning new things. Um, we're learning about their age, um, their behaviors, and, you know, their memory, their vision. I mean, there's, there's stuff that around the world people are working on varying projects so and that's just with sharks that's not even including any other animal that lives in the ocean so i think there's you know the knowledge is getting out there but yeah it's i think it's there's so much and that maybe it's hard for people to realize how much is still being learned and discovered like we still as much knowledge as we have, we're still in an age of discovery with, and particularly in the ocean, because, you know, we actually know very little about it. So not just sharks, just the ocean, the habitats, you know, ecosystems, the organisms that live there in general, we still know very little.
0: Is, but I mean, when you look at the ocean in terms of that, like what I've, I've always heard the thing that is we've explored 5% of it, but is the rest of it Worth exploring, or are we just going to be going through a bunch of open water? Are there really things there?
1: Well, I think, I mean, obviously, there is a lot between the surface and the bottom, and there is open ocean. but I think a big part of it is just realizing how much damage humans have done to the ocean. You think for years trash was dumped in, or just this idea that fish are an endless resource um, around the world. And we're getting to the point now where we're seeing that our plastic has to go somewhere, our trash has to go somewhere, and we're finding it, and it's ending up in the fish that you eat. There's plastic in them now, and I, you know, so it's we're finally at a point where we're seeing that no, do we need to understand every square inch of the ocean? Probably not because there's huge you know amounts of it that are the same and open ocean but having a broader understanding of kind of what is there and what's happening to it is really really important Um, because you know you never know like a new species that could be used for a disease or a health benefit or something or we learn something from that that helps us you know solve another problem so i think If species and areas are being wiped out before we can fully understand them, then, you know, that's in itself um, really sad. It's really tragic. And um, we're in a time now that, you know, our actions and the things that have been done over time are really starting to catch up with us.
0: Do you think people are starting to get better about that?
1: I believe so. I think – We have access to, you know, the same thing. Like I've said, uh, our access to information is much greater. And there's, I think, um, people are, you know, now demanding that larger companies are making better choices. They're making their own choices as individuals, like the way we shop, what we buy, how we spend our money, and how we reuse things. And, um, I think, you know, overall, people are are making more sustainable choices. Obviously, we have a long way to go. And I think now, though, people are, are asking larger corporations and other, com- you know, companies to be to take some accountability and to make some better choices as well. And you think about like just plastic. So, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, there was definitely not as much plastic. And that was fine. Like, there weren't 25 brands of bottled water. And that was fine. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just realizing that, yeah, some of these things are convenient, but just because they're convenient doesn't mean we actually really need them.
0: If you had to choose, me and my co-host, to have this long-running argument between a superpower, flight or being able to breathe underwater, which one would you take?
1: absolutely underwater um yeah it would just it would be incredible to be able to spend much more you know scuba is incredible and uh, you know i feel really lucky to be able to spend the time that i can and it's amazing that as humans you know when people go in submarines like we can spend time underwater but to be able to have that ability to stay down there longer and observe the things that we could learn and see would just i mean it would be life-changing i think so as cool as flying would be i think for me it would definitely be breathing underwater
0: my thing with that, though, is that you just couldn't go fast enough to get anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's true, but you could still probably use all your fins and things. Like, there's underwater scooters, and you, you could have, you could still use that stuff. Just think, like, and some of those go pretty fast now. So, um, yeah, you could have, still have your tools and to do that.
0: Better shark-themed movie, Sharknado
1: Jaws. So, I was the kid that saw Jaws when I was five. Not sure why my parents let me do that, and... Loved the shark. I don't think I really understood what was happening and probably, you know, was blocked out with some of the other parts and, you know, didn't see all of it. But, um, I, you know, I think they're very different. Jaws was more realistic, you know, about a specific animal. I'd I love to believe that, um, people realize that sharks aren't flying around in tornadoes. Um, whereas at the time, Jaws had aspects that were very real. It was fishing boats and people going out and the beach and, you know, sharks do come along the beach. And so there were aspects of it. So I think they're very, very different, but I'm someone that Jaws is probably part of the reason I do what I do now.
0: As a marine biologist, what is the best marine biologist joke?
1: Um, I still love uh, from Seinfeld. It's not really a joke, but like when George... um, when they're on the beach and the whale gets the golf yeah. ball yeah. Stuck, and he's like, Is anyone here a marine biologist? And George and so you'll find like there'll be places like, um one time we were going through customs, my husband is also a marine biologist and we put that on our uh, our forums and one of the customs agents actually shouted that out <laughs> right with there's a whole line of people and, and uh I mean everyone's laughing. that obviously it's seen the show and like you just you don't expect that from a customs agent, right? It's supposed to be real serious and uh, shouted that out and so I just feel like it's not necessarily a joke but when someone says that people in the room like it's if you've seen it you get a good laugh about you know George and his all his different careers and yeah to to save the whale
0: there seems to be something with this show and Seinfeld because previously we had an orchestra maestro on the conductor and he was like he was so sick of the Seinfeld thing he couldn't take it
1: (laughs) Well, still, it's a classic, right? It, is. It's, it is. it's classic TV.
0: <laughs> and so. you, just, you can't resist. You just can't resist. That's the problem with it.
1: Nope, you can't. And chances are, if you say it, there's enough people in the room that are going to know it. Um, and you kind of immediately have this little bond. And, and also, I think there's not a lot of shows that actually mention marine biology. So the fact that this... TV show that was a you know an iconic series actually had that um, i think it made probably every marine biologist in the world go oh sweet like it's they remembered us so if all, yeah
0: if all the sharks are in high school together who's the cool kid who's the jock who's the nerd who's like the girl next door
1: um i think the jock would probably be like uh, I mean, the Mako shark's the fastest, so, you know, thinking, like, athlete. Um, I always think of, like, probably one of the little guys, like, maybe a wobby gong or a little type of cat shark. Be kind of the nerdy little guy because they're small and kind of different. Um, the cool kid, I, the tiger shark or the great white because they're the most well-known yeah. sharks. They're definitely the cool kids. Um, the girl next door, I mean, if you kind of think of the quiet, like, I don't know, like here in the Bahamas, like the reef shark is, is very common and maybe not so iconic or exciting, but just sort of always there and always really a beautiful shark to see, but maybe not as kind of as celebrated because they're not as big or, you know, they get kind of passed over with um, tigers and hammerheads that we get here as well.
0: Um, I know you can kind of mentioned that you were running out of time. So let me just ask you this. What do you got coming up? I mean, anything that you want to promote? How can people get involved? Anything like that?
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean, a lot of the work I do, it's, but the organization is called Sharks for Kids. It's the number four. Um, so we're always doing programs. We're Actually, I'm um, headed out today to take a group of local kids um, from Bimini in the Bahamas um, out on the boat. So we're going to see sharks and rays. It's a field trip for them. And uh, so that should be really fun. It's always amazing to take them out and give them a chance to get out and see um, what, People around the world travel here to see um, what's in their own backyard. Um, so, yeah, but we have lots of different projects. for visiting schools. Um, we, we travel a lot and do programs like this. So if people are interested in getting involved or supporting it, um, yeah, they can check out um, sharksforkids.com and learn a little bit more about what we do, how we do it. Um, and, yeah, that's really my my focus now is, is just education and, and conservation. We do have a couple film shoots coming up. Um, still do a little bit of that. And, and uh, yeah, so busy, busy time ahead. But it's always, you know, it's usually always involved sharks, which is amazing.
0: That's really cool. Um, I guess the only other thing, I mean, you, you do a lot of photography stuff. Is there, and we have a lot of, ironically, photographers who listen to the show. Is, is there like a key, is there one tip you would give somebody if you're taking the underwater picture?
1: Um, Get closer. I think um, people forget that water is still a medium. And we have this habit, like, on you know, when you're up here, you zoom, but don't zoom underwater. Just get closer. It's going to look nicer. Um, you're going to have less particulate that can get in the photo. So get closer, um, you know, to the object as you can. I think you're going to be a lot happier um, rather than trying to, to zoom in. It's, it's very different. I mean, a lot of the things are the same, but the way light moves, everything in that underwater world, you kind of have to account for that when you're when you're shooting.
0: I want to thank Jillian Morris Brake so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we've linked to her social media accounts, her nonprofit Sharks for Kids, and their website on our RSS feed and also on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Her Instagram is awesome. There's all these pictures that show you in great detail what these different sharks and manta rays and other ocean life really look like. And if you have a child... I took my son, my two and a half year old son, to her website, Sharks for Kids. Endless entertainment. They've got videos. I sold my son. Saw I showed my son one of the videos, and he was just, just amazed by it because you get to see these sharks swimming around, and they have all these kind of educational resources. If you have, it's really something that's worth checking out. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. He's probably going to be pretty cranky today because, once again, he's sick, which I think brings up a very important question. Hello? Uh, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing just fine. How are you?
0: Um, I think you are lying to me that you're doing just fine.
2: <laughs> I I've, I've felt better. That is the truth.
0: So, look, I think that... This brings up a very important question. You seem to be feeling ill a lot lately. I think the question is, are you soft?
2: <laughs> I, I actually, that, 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 that brings up a, a, another valid point. If I blame it on my child, does that make me soft or smart?
0: Man, you know, initially I was going to immediately call you soft, but then I thought, you know what? Like, then it kind of shows, like, oh, you're a tough guy. Like, you're taking care of your kid a lot. I yeah. don't I don't think that it goes either way, actually. I think it pretty much stays right in the middle. I don't think it hurts you. I don't think it helps you.
2: Let, let me run you down my last five days. My daughter brings home her first daycare cold, which ends up being influenza A. Uh, my wife gets it uh, Thursday night and a Friday morning. I get it Friday, but for some reason... It kicks my butt all the way until until Sunday night into Monday morning. Meanwhile, my kid is fine now.
0: So yeah, so okay, so now we have an answer. Yes, you are soft. You you had the hardest time recovering for it. Everybody else basically got it for one day, and then you've had it for three days. So yes, you are soft.
2: To no, know, my wife had it throughout the entire weekend. By did, the way,
0: did she go to work?
2: Uh, no, she did not.
0: Did you go to work? Uh, no, I did not. It's soft.
2: I, I am soft, I guess.
0: Yeah, what is that like I, realizing it? That you're soft. That you're just really isn't a big deal. That you're just kind of weak.
2: Listen, I, I think you need to go talk to Mary Kay some more.
0: Who's Mary? Who's Mary Kay?
2: Or well, whatever her name was from the last episode,
0: Mary Allen. Mary Allen, Mary Kay, Mary Allen. What's the difference? Mary Kay is a cosmetics brand, I believe. Mary Allen is the life coach that we had on. Did you listen to that episode? Because I really feel like you could have learned a lot from it.
2: I did. I I listened to most of it. I I have to admit, when you you gave her the quote-unquote tough questions, and she wouldn't give you a straight answer, I think you should have been a true journalist. And force her to answer you. Like, you wouldn't have let me off that easy.
0: Well, how many towels do you think someone should own?
2: No no less than two, but no more than five.
0: One person. Wait, wait why would you even have five? How many towels do you need?
2: I've seen out or digging deeper. How many towels do you need?
0: You didn't answer the question.
2: I, I answered. I said, no less than two, no more than five.
0: I don't think that's a legitimate answer. I mean, I think I want a very specific number. I want one, two, three, four, five. Which one are you going with? Three now, I would have went two I want to ask you a question about how you feel because we were getting a little bit into last episode, but I want to know how you feel about the fact that while you made fun of my list of best actors on our Facebook poll, my list of best actors is actually doing better than yours. Most people agree with me. <laughs>
2: I I I, got, I have nothing to say to that other than the fact that you put Rodney Dangerfield in the top five, and anyone who votes for that is as idiotic as
0: you are. Yeah, but obviously everybody is voting for me. They think that my list, despite that, is still better than your list. Also, everybody no. basically has caught on to something that I've caught on to recently, that you're essentially lying to us throughout this podcast.
2: First off, it's not a lie. We were going by – I thought we were making real lists. So I made a real list of actors and actresses that I thought were the best.
0: But that's not true because everybody who knows you personally knows that your favorite actors are The Rock and Tom Cruise and Nicolas Cage and nowhere did you think to put them on your list.
2: Because sure, they're my favorites, but in the grand scheme of all things cinema, they're not anywhere near the the top of the hill.
0: So you like crap is essentially what you're saying.
2: <laughs> is this swear this where this is going?
0: Just admit, just admit that you like bad movies, that you like crappy movies and crappy actors and crappy football teams.
2: Next, are, are you gonna ask me uh, how 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 hot I like my hot dogs or something? What? Or how hard I like my hot dogs or whatever just to give me to say some kind of dick joke?
0: <laughs> no, I never would do something like that. but how hard <laughs> do you like your hot dogs?
2: Uh, I like them kind of soft.
0: Is that, have you always been that way, or did you prefer hard meat at the beginning and soft meat later on in your life as you got older?
2: See, and there it is. Just so everyone knows, you can probably go back three or four podcast episodes and catch Nick making some kind of dick joke uh, on that one as well, and then go another three or four before that. And it's probably the same exact joke.
0: Look, I just don't know what you're even talking about. We're simply having an adult conversation about meat. If you can't think of everything, you like, look, you need to now that you're now that you're a dad, you need to be able to separate sexuality from things. I think that's something that you need to work on because not everything is about. Is is is? is, is did you just massively cough into the phone?
2: No, I I I put the phone away. I it's, moved the phone away from my mouth a good. Two feet.
0: How much How much spit slash a little bit of vomit is all over your room now?
2: There's no vomit, but there might be some other stuff.
0: See? You can't blame me for it. Because... Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> I set myself up for that one.
0: Look, speaking of vomit, did you know that the common housefly actually vomits every single time that they land? Basically because they can't – they're not actually able to eat. They have to vomit up digestive juices, which they then use to liquefy the food and then drink it up because they can't actually chew it. I'm, You know what? I'm
2: actually quite interested to learn about the housefly because is it just me or are they one of the most resilient bugs that there is?
0: No, I think there's just a lot of them. I think that's the thing with any kind of insect. I mean I think they can – They survive pretty well, but the common housefly apparently lives for 30 days and can lay up to as many as 500 eggs in that amount of time. I just think there's tons of them. Like, if you see one, that means there's probably 50 in your house.
2: Now, is a housefly different than a fruit fly?
0: Yeah, that's why they're called different things.
2: Got it. Okay. I don't know if they were like just, you know, fruit fly was just some kind of, you know, hood name or or gang name or street name or something.
0: Why would the fly... Here's my real question, I guess, getting to it. When you watch those kind of movies that anthropomorphize animals, basically give them human characteristics, do you secretly hope that that's true? Like, in the real world, that animals really do kind of talk to each other and hang out? I mean,
2: I think it's a proven fact, isn't it?
0: No, but I mean, like, like in the same way that they do, like in Zootopia or Fival.
2: Well, I haven't seen either of those movies, but... Uh... Finding Nemo, is that is that
0: the same Yeah, thing? yeah. Do you feel like, do you secretly, because I secretly hope that that's actually what's going on, that they all have friends and they all have good buddies. I like to imagine that that's actually what's happening.
2: I, I've said this for years that, you know, like when you go to the zoo and there's always the gorilla that sits by the glass and he just sits there and he stares at you. Yeah, he's yeah. He's probably actually like thinking to himself, these people are idiots. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, really, if you think about it, he's the smart one. he's just sitting there getting food, probably gets all kinds of sex. We're the dumb ones i mean we paid <laughs> we paid to get in there. He's getting free everything
2: He's living the life he's technically the celebrity, and we're like the peasants going to watch him sit there crap, eat, and have sex all day
0: okay if someone it would if someone would offer you how much money would someone have to offer you? For you to live in a zoo, like you would just live there and people would watch you all day.
2: I mean, by myself, would I get would I get to move my family or am I am I all alone by myself?
0: You would get visits.
2: And am am I a human or do I get to be an animal like well, any animal?
0: Like as a human, how much money would you want? You have to go to the zoo, but it's gonna be like a normal it's gonna be like a normal nine to five job. But you're gonna stay at the zoo, but you only got eight hours on where you're out in the exhibit. And then the rest of the time, you can do whatever your family can visit on weekends.
2: Is it like a heated exhibit?
0: No, I mean you're gonna you're gonna have normal temperatures. You're gonna have they're gonna have to make it comfortable for you to live.
2: Um, I'd probably say three to five million a year.
0: <sighs> That's ridiculous. Everybody would do that for three to five million. I want a lowball number.
2: Why? I, I don't want to be on stage to everybody. I don't. I could care less.
0: Yeah, but I'm asking, like, what if somebody puts 200 grand? So here's 200 grand, and you've got benefits health and dental. I have benefits. You have to pay for vision, though. So you get money, you get health, dental. Vision is relatively cheap, and they're going to give you 200 grand. You're not going to do it?
2: Uh, I'd do it for 80 grand, then, if we're doing all that, I guess.
0: Yeah, see, that's where I'd actually do it for a pretty small amount of money when you get right down to it.
2: I mean, nine to five and all I have to do is lay my fat ass out there and just eat and have sex all day and maybe go take a swim in the non-chlorinated water. I'd do that. Sure.
0: Yeah, I feel like they'd have to chlorinate it for us. I don't think we would live. Here's my other question for you. At what age, at what age should you stop asking people besides immediate family members, the people who live in the house with you, to take you to the airport?
2: I mean I, I don't think there is an age. That's cur- I, I think it's a cur- I think it's a courtesy. No,
0: it's not. It's a courtesy not to ask someone to take you to the airport. That's the courtesy.
2: I mean, what what are you supposed to do? Pay the 20 bucks a day to park?
0: Yeah. No, you take an Uber. Like it's fucking 2019.
2: No, you you can just have someone drop you off.
0: No. No, that's that's rude. It's rude to ask people at this point. If someone is married and has a child, you are being rude if you ask them to take you to the airport. Like, that's just rude.
2: Are you speaking from an experience lately?
0: <laughs> no comment.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I've done it. I've done it with a child, with my child, and before that. I mean, it's it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I think a large part of it is how far is the airport from where you live.
0: Let's Let's say 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, then of course. I mean, I'm thinking like two hours. Then I'd say no.
0: What if it's how early in the morning? Like, at what point does John Shaw say, no, he's not taking someone to the airport?
2: The earlier the better, actually, because then it doesn't impede my day.
0: You're going to go at 5 o'clock in the morning. I've done it. That's... You're, you are soft. Who was I mean, it for? Papa Shaw that. It's
2: always Papa Shaw.
0: You, you see? Look, you basically... Your dad just commands you to take him to the airport, doesn't he? I
2: mean, he doesn't even give me a choice. He just... Sends me a text, hey, I'm flying to Mexico for work next week. Be here at 4.30 a.m.
0: Is your dad a drug dealer?
2: I mean, he kind of looks like he could be like a like a, a Pablo Escobar, couldn't he? He
0: does actually kind of look like he could be a drug dealer. Not He, he,
2: he, has, he has a mustache that, uh, if no one knows what my father looks like, he's a pretty big, burly man with a mustache that has not been touched or groomed since I'm pretty sure 1978.
0: Could you grow a mustache right now if you wanted to?
2: That's the only facial hair I can grow is a mustache.
0: Why do you not have one? Will you grow out a mustache?
2: Because it looks absolutely horrid.
0: We need to come up with some kind of a bet. Here's how about this bet. (laughs) How about this bet? On our next Facebook poll, which will be of our top five this week, if mine wins over yours, you have to grow a mustache three weeks.
2: I mean, three, well, here's, I mean, three weeks is doable. It's not going to be a mustache, though.
0: Is it going to be like the kind of thing a cat could lick off? Like, are you just going to look yeah. like you're a pervert?
2: Yeah, it's going to be like I'm standing outside Family Dollar just <laughs> waiting for the, the the girls to walk in and out.
0: Do people do that?
2: Uh, I don't know. I kind of just made it up. Are there even Family Dollars still around?
0: Yeah, actually, I think they're doing very well. I think the rise of the dollar store is something that is a sign of the economy and how it continues to basically have two different people of the haves and the have-nots.
2: You sounded halfway uh, educated there for just a split second. (laughs) But then your Kansas uh, City accent came in there at the end and you sounded completely dumb again.
0: Uh, People from the Midwest, specifically Kansas, generally do not have accents. For some reason, I tend to draw out vowels. No one is quite sure why.
2: Because you're actually from Alabama?
0: Actually from the deep south. Not even actually from the United States. Like that guy, that rapper that suddenly they found out he wasn't even, he wasn't, he was British. I know.
2: That's not the, he's not the first, you know, rapper to claim a certain ethnicity and then not be it though, which is just stupid.
0: Are you taking shots at Eminem?
2: What, what
0: does that have to do with anything? I just know that he's from Detroit and you actually lived on 8 Mile and so I assume that you knew him
2: you know technically he's not from detroit whoa no offense
0: where's he technically from then
2: warren warren michigan
0: do you remember when you and i were in vegas and some guy claimed he was from detroit and i called him out and he got heated
2: i was this at the beginning of the day or the
0: end of the day i would say it was i would say it was mid-afternoon i can still remember right where he was standing because then you were standing next to me and mentioned that oh, he's not actually from Detroit. <laughs>
2: Probably because he said some bullshit that, you know, yeah, I'm from Rochester Hills or Birmingham or something.
0: Well, that's all fascinating. Do you have a top five or were you too sick and soft to be able to get it done? Or I mean not top five, your fast five.
2: I I I'm, I was too soft. But I did, I did want to bring something up that I thought we could talk about that might have a little more substance. Than just a normal fast five.
0: But those fast fives generally have so much substance.
2: Well, so there's been this thing going around that's caught my eye. Herpes? And it's... (laughs) (laughs) He was quite the sailor, I'll tell you that. Uh, It's a viral video, and I wanted to get your take on it. And apparently... It, it it's used on kids YouTube and WhatsApp,
0: oh. and it's called Momo. Is that that really freaky like picture of a girl or a guy that's like the face is super distorted? And they and is that what is that the one that you're talking about?
2: Yeah, it's it's so what it is. It's originally it was a an art like a, a piece of art made by a Japanese designer. Called Momo something. It had a, a, a deeper meaning, deeper name. But what happens is when kids are on on kids YouTube or messaging through WhatsApp, uh, it'll pop up uh, with either a video message or like a messaging screen. And it'll start messaging the person or the child, basically, you know, coercing them or, or asking them to do things to either harm themselves or their family. It's it's a it's a, it's a typical shtick. I mean, it's not the first time something like this has happened, but the picture of this thing is so grotesque. And there's been some instances of it where, like, a girl cut off her hair, and I guess one one kid over in Britain got a, got a gun and was going to kill his family. You know, so a, as I went to go open up my WhatsApp app today to answer your phone call, I was really hoping it was you and not this stupid Momo bird. <laughs> Remember, one of my irrational fears is, like, just <gasps> strange-ass shit happening.
0: That's right. Did you ever do, like, the Bloody Mary thing when you were a little kid?
2: Uh, I refused to uh, because I, I always told my friends that if, if they trapped me in the bathroom and started that, I was just going to start punching everything in the bathroom. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I, was a, I was a rotund little boy, so imagine a little bowling ball.
0: There's a picture of we have on our website of John Shaw as a young man, shirtless, which is <laughs> incredible is what the word is.
2: Listen, I, I was I was a state champ three years in a row, thank you very much.
0: How'd that work out in the long run?
2: Uh lots of tears and tissue, I can tell you that.
0: Um tissue for the tears or tissue for something else?
2: Anyways, getting so getting to the MOMO thing. Are you aware of it? Yes.
0: Uh, I literally described it to you earlier. How could I not be aware of it? I literally told you what it is.
2: Well, I was getting into a second question and you cut me off because you're five foot three and have no patience.
0: (laughs) I like how it it keeps going down. Eventually, I'm going to be like three one.
2: I really hope someday that we get to be so popular and so, you know, like people line up to meet us. And everyone is just so disappointed because they really thought that you were five foot three, and you're really five foot six.
0: Um, do you know that I can tell you this story from number one, five eight and three quarters, as measured by USA Life Insurance. Shout out to USA Life Insurance, best life insurance out there. Um, <laughs> it really is pretty good life insurance. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, three hundred thousand dollar coverage for nine ninety nine a month. <laughs>
2: All right, well, I, I think there are new sponsors now, so congratulations.
0: Look, Long John Silvers is finally starting to acknowledge us. But to get to the I, point before I lose track of what I was taught. Wait, what did you ask me? I just lost track while I was trying to get back on track.
2: See, that, that's why people love this podcast, because they also lose track while trying to get on track, even though we don't even know what the track is.
0: Yeah, they basically come brain numb to- to- towards it. That's what I re- like. So, for people who don't know, my day job. I'm a news anchor for an NBC station in Arizona. When people generally meet me, they do usually say, I thought you were taller. <laughs> but Oh, that's the best. But, but, so it's happened enough that then I asked them a follow-up question. Well, how tall did you think I was? Apparently, I look very tall on TV. They usually say like, I thought you were like 6'3", 220. Oh
2: my God. Not one, not one person has ever said You look
0: 6'3". Why would anyone ever say that to you? Somebody just would randomly say that to you in conversation? You have no bearing on this experience. No one has ever walked up to you
2: and said, By golly, Mr. Vincent, you look like you're 6'3". 2.15
0: and can run a 3.5.40. I can actually tell you the last time that it happened. It has been a little bit. It was when I was working in Phoenix. It was a Saturday morning at a 5K run sponsored by 24 Hour Fitness, of which I still have the (laughs) t-shirt.
2: You guys cover 5Ks there in Phoenix?
0: That's cute. I think it was actually the Pat Tillman run.
2: Well, now I feel like a dick. Yeah, I
0: was trying to not mention that whole thing as to make you feel like a dick, but then you just had to keep pushing. You had to keep pushing.
2: Yeah, I feel like a dick. Too soon? I mean, it's been, what, 15 years?
0: Yeah, I think it's been a while. It's been a minute. Oh. Um, he,
2: he, is a true, he is a true hero. Anyway, moving on. What's,
0: what's your question?
2: No, I, so my, my, my thing about Momo is if, if that was to pop up Say say you're going through kids YouTube, which we know you like, and uh, it pops up. It's talking to you, right? Yeah. And it's 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 saying things like, "Oh, you know, you should go grab a knife and, and stab yourself in the stomach." I mean, I I just don't understand. You know, do ki- kids really can't decipher reality from the the television?
0: How old of a kid are we talking about? Like if this happens to me as an adult, I'm not going to go do it. But if this happened to like a four or a five-year-old, they probably don't understand the difference. I don't know what your point is.
2: I want to put out the challenge to Momo that if if anyone listens to to this and they run a Momo account, please message me because I want to troll the shit out of (laughs) you.
0: Why do you think that that person who does this right now would just be like, oh, okay, that sounds good.
2: Because why else do you do it? You want attention or you're trying to fulfill some sick fantasy by making others do things that you don't have the balls to do yourself.
0: Did you know that the average reaction time of a fly is nearly four times what the human reaction time is? The average fly can process 250 images a second. Humans can do 60.
2: And did you know that I've, I've squashed more flies than I have humans?
0: Do you squash the fly? What are you doing when you see a fly? Like, what? what is your strategy for going after it?
2: Well, I usually don't bother it until it lands on me. And then as soon as you break the, you know, the personal protection space order, then it's over.
0: You're not going to just kill a fly that's flying around your house.
2: No, I try not to. I mean, everything serves a purpose.
0: You are soft. What if you got food out there? What if it's really annoying you? I want to know when you John Shaw goes to kill a fly. What is his strategy of choice? So
2: I I, I do the double clap thing, right? Where
0: you that's have stupid. God, no wonder you can't do it.
2: All right, what do you do there, Captain
0: America? Okay. Well, I get a towel. I specifically usually like I'm gonna try to get like a smaller towel, usually like a hand towel or something like that. And I'm going to use that because that gives you more surface area. If you're sitting around there walking around just clapping your hands like an idiot, no wonder you got flies all over the place.
2: Well, I mean, that just goes to say that, uh, you know, you have much slower hand reaction time.
0: I don't think you've actually ever killed one.
2: I've killed plenty.
0: You have not.
2: I've probably killed two dozen flies in my life.
0: That's not really very many. That's 48. No, that's 24.
2: How many have you killed? Thousands. Thousands.
0: Yeah, easily. Over the course of my life I would say I've killed thousands of flies. That's why your two hand clap, like I'm gonna trap it in between my hands when its reaction time is four times yours. That's an unsuccessful strategy.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? Like Papa Schultz says, just give me a fly swatter and I'll use it to scratch my ass.
0: Would you actually <laughs> would you actually scratch your ass with a fly swatter? Sure, why not? Which side are you going? You going the metal part or you going like the fly catching part? Because that's disgusting. Oh, I
2: got to go with the metal part
0: where are you going wait a minute are you talking about getting in the crack or are you talking about going on the cheeks
2: no just on the cheeks man you don't want to stick anything in the crack
0: why would you, you just use it i mean just are you going underneath the shorts
2: no it's on top of the clothes you creepy bastard
0: well then why would you why don't you just scratch it with your hand
2: listen this is papa shoals rules man this isn't my rules i don't know what to tell you
0: i don't understand maybe this is genetic then this is becoming a genetic issue with the flies
2: you knew what you were getting into today, recording this. So I'm I'm doing my best to keep us on on, on track here.
0: <laughs> Look, let's get into. Are you done with your Are you done with your rant about Momo?
2: Yeah, my Momo thing. Like, I, I, my wife got home and I was so excited. I'm like, I got the perfect thing. It's going to take up time, and it's a meaningful conversation. And then you just poo it.
0: Well, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, your basic conclusion that people shouldn't do things that scare children like what do you want me to say to that like you know what i think they should i mean like yeah dude your your opinion is is valid you know what your
2: new nickname is i never nicholas van gandhi that's your new nickname
0: what is it what
2: nicholas van gandhi
0: wait a minute are you trying to say that i don't why
2: no i'm trying to say that you're like gandhi mr peace and love and earth over there you're
0: the one that can't kill flies
2: I'm the one who gave an expert technique on how to do
0: it. You're That's the a terrible that technique. The That's a them. terrible technique. That's the worst way to do it. You might as well try pinching him in between your fingertips. Which I've probably done that too. I guarantee you haven't. That's a bold face. I have not done that. No, but of course thinking, not. would that be if you could do that? And that'd be pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> that'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, would. Are you ready for our <laughs> top five?
2: I am but I have a feeling once again I put some real time and effort and thought at least in my top 5 and yours is going to be some bullshit.
0: No, I think this is actually a pretty good top 5. I think this is int- right. I think this could launch a lot of interesting discussions. So our top 5 is the top 5 condiments. What's your number 5?
2: This is no joke, okay? So don't don't think I'm kidding, but mayo.
0: That's 5?
2: That's number 5, yeah.
0: I don't understand why that's not h- higher on the list. Why do you oh, think that's a joke?
2: Because most people that I know, or at least in my life, can't stand mayo.
0: Wait a minute! Are you talking mayo? or are You talking Miracle Whip? Those are two very different things.
2: I would say more or less mayo, you know, mayo than Miracle Whip. But I'm talking my number five is mayonnaise.
0: Where are you mayo. put What are you putting it on? I'm trying to figure I mean, out. I'm trying to figure out why people are hating on mayonnaise. I don't understand that at all.
2: I don't get it either. But it gets a it gets a lot more hate than it does love.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I've never heard anything bad about mayo, to be honest with you.
2: Well, apparently you have it higher on the list, so I'm curious to see where you put it.
0: So I have mayo at number four. My number five, I go hot and cold on. I'll go phases where I'm going to put this on a lot of stuff, and then I won't touch it for like a year. But I still love it. It's mustard. Okay.
2: That's actually quite interesting because mustard's my number four.
0: Wow. So we basically just swapped.
2: I, I dig mustard. I, I dig spicy mustard a lot more than like honey mustard or yellow mustard.
0: See, I go straight yellow mustard. Don't try to give me any of that Dijon crap. You can take your, <laughs> you can take your fancy French ass right across the border. As far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, fuck French fries.
0: Freedom fries is what they are.
2: GD, right? <laughs>
0: Remember that phase, Freedom Fries? <laughs> I know
2: it was one of the dumbest marketing campaigns ever.
0: Well, anyway, um, what's your number three? Because I think we could get heated towards the top of this. (laughs) Thanks for coughing uh, again. How much is...
2: Try not to. Uh,
0: Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you... Let me ask That's ridiculous. We'll get back to how stupid that is to have that at number three in a second. But let me ask you this. When somebody says, bless you after I sneeze, I get really pissed off about that. Like, I just sneeze. Leave me the fuck alone about it.
2: I mean, I think it's a courtesy. I don't see why you would get angry.
0: Yeah, but then you gotta like everybody's gotta say that it's just a sneeze. Leave me alone.
2: So you're, you don't say "bless you" to people?
0: No, I have common courtesy to leave people alone when they perform a normal body function.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess I really don't either. I suppose.
0: Yeah, I don't say it at all. I get mad when no, people say think it to about me. It. Because if you say it once, then you got to say it the second time, and nobody just sneezes one time, waits three hours, and then sneezes again. So you got to hear this all the time, like, bless you, bless you, bless you, leave me alone.
2: Are you a multi-sneezer, or are you like a one and dunner
0: No, no, nobody's a one and dunner I've never even heard of a one-and-done sneezer. I mean, I, I think I am, I don't know. That's where you, you got something wrong with you. Everybody yeah, sneezes well, you twice. I think
2: Rodney Dangerfield's a top-five actor of all time.
0: Most people agreed with me, by the way. Yeah, well
2: that's cuz they're all trolls.
0: Let's get back to your number 3 that you put ketchup. You put ketchup as your number 3. Ketchup, baby. That's ridiculous. It should I be I mean
2: it's it, it's good. I mean my top my literally my top 5 are all separated by the smallest of margins.
0: Yeah, but still ketchup should be higher. I'm going to go ahead and give you what my number because I have ketchup at number 1.
2: Okay, so what's your number
0: 3? Ranch.
2: Okay, I have ranch at number 2.
0: Yeah, how do you feel, though, wait a minute, when you say ranch, are you really saying specifically ranch? Because in terms of actual salad dressing, I would go blue cheese over ranch.
2: Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm thinking more of, like, condiments to go on, like, burgers and dipping sauces,
0: I guess. You don't put blue cheese on burgers? You What are you talking, like, you don't put blue cheese on buffalo wings? Yeah. Then that's why would you that not that have one. ranch high? Oh, you do have ranch higher, you have it at two, right? Jesus Alright, what's your
2: you're just staring the ship right into the fucking ocean floor here?
0: No, I'm just upset about the fact that you have ketchup that high and that you didn't and that you were concerned about putting mayo on there like it's some kind of controversial opinion.
2: Alright, well we know you're number one, so what's your number two?
0: Salsa. Bah
2: salsa's overrated. What
0: (laughs) how can you say salsa's overrated?
2: I'm not a big tomato guy, so I mean, I know that makes no sense because I have ketchup at number three. Yeah, but but that's processed tomatoes with a shitload of sugar. Salsa, like especially organic salsa, as you know, is a lot more of the real fresh stuff, and I'm, I'm just not the biggest fan.
0: You don't like chips and salsa?
2: I'm more of a chips and guac kind of guy. Oh,
0: you fuck you. <laughs> The fact well, you that don't you like it when people say guac. I hate that. Say, say guacamole.
2: Nick, uh, our next, uh, our next uh, family function, I'm going to bring some guac.
0: I'm going to bring some salsa.
2: I'll bring some salsa, too. I'll bring some salsa and some guac.
0: What's Wait, okay. So my number two, like I said, was salsa. What was your number two? Oh,
2: uh, shit. Mayo, mustard, ketchup, ranch.
0: Oh, that's right. So here's the big mystery, because I already said that my number one is ketchup. Boy, we really fucked up this list.
2: <laughs> well, we're just getting back to the old days, that's all. Yeah, we
0: are. <laughs> Do you know that one of our most listened to podcasts every week is still the very first one? That's always Got like that. in the top ten of what people listen to during the week.
2: That was one of my favorite top ten lists, too.
0: Meat? Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. you're completely wrong about your opinions. Uh, let Can I – I don't even know what you would have at number one because we already yeah, can covered – You try to guess if you want. Okay, just to kind of organize this, my top five, mustard, mayo, ranch, salsa, ketchup. Yours has been mayo, mustard – what? Ketchup and ranch. So what's your number one?
2: Horseradish. What the – No, I'm just kidding. I got you. I got you.
0: I was horseradish is like that's do you know what though who else when they got Arby's specifically when they used to have like the five for five deal would put just enough horseradish on until you got that weird nose thing and then think oh, all right yeah. that's <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about like oh that's yeah. too much and you keep adding horseradish until you got that like <laughs> and then you stopped uh man no, I want number
2: one is hot sauce
0: Oh, I fucking forgot about hot sauce. How hot are you going? Yeah.
2: I mean, it depends for what I'm eating. I mean, I mean, I I like it to be pretty spicy, not the kind of spice where like I'm going to start sweating instantaneously. Even though really all I have to do is just you know, put one foot over the other in the morning to start sweating, <laughs> but uh uh, you know, I I like it hot, you know?
0: You like um you like spicy meat? I, sh- I sure do. <laughs> Um, like, wait, do you have a specific brand of hot sauce? Because there is actually, hot sauce is called, well, no, that's Tabasco, right? Tabasco is. I do.
2: So like, so if I'm going everyday use, I'm going Frank's.
0: What on a special, what about a special occasion at the John Shaw household?
2: If I'm, if I'm doing something to try to be like hot and spicy, like I'm going to try to find something with uh, ghost peppers in
0: it. That's way too fucking hot.
2: That's just cause you who's who's soft now.
0: Well, I mean, I just uh, why would you want to eat that? Like that sounds awful.
2: It's not awful. It's delicious.
0: How many times have you actually had ghost peppers?
2: By themselves? Yeah. Never.
0: So you've never actually had the thing that you said that you really enjoy.
2: I mean, I, I have I have dips and salsa, or not salsas, but dips and uh, and hot sauces made out of it.
0: Oh, okay. Now you're clarifying a little bit. How many how many uh, jars of hot sauce do you have at your house right now?
2: Probably about a dozen.
0: Whoa! All in the fridge, or do you have them lined up on their own shelf in the pantry?
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Some of them don't have to be refrigerated, but uh, I have I have a hot sauce drawer in the fridge, and I have like a little sauce I don't know container where I keep all my sauces in the in the uh, one of our cabinets.
0: Nice nice do you refer to them as papa shaal's spices
2: I uh, know I don't actually what I, do you I refer to them as just the spice cabinet
0: I feel like you probably have a nickname I feel like you're cooking and your wife is like are you gonna season this and you're gonna say something along the lines of oh you know Papa shal gonna get his spice I feel like you say something like that uh,
2: i I've never said anything like that believe it or not are you sure I've just like I've never asked her a you know, if she likes likes her meat spicy.
0: All right. Okay, so that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless podcast. If you have some other opinions about condiments, like if you really think that horseradish should be on there, or if you think that mustard should be a little bit higher, or mayo shouldn't be on the list, we love hearing from you guys. We have a website, profoundlypointless.com. We're on social media, Profoundly Pointless, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up... We've looked into the future before, but on the next episode, we're going to look into the
1: future in a much different way.